Welcome to BSing with Sean K. I'm your host, Sean Neese, and uh, today I'm going to play you an interview I did with jazz singer and actress Ava Suzuki, or I know her as Maya, but uh, Ava Suzuki is her stage name. She's originally from Japan, but she moved to the U.S. not too long ago, and she talked a bit about cultural differences between Japan and the United States, and also... Uh, what got her interested in jazz and some of the older music and movies from the 40s and uh, also some of the art she does and the graphic design work she does so yeah it was a really interesting conversation and i uh, hope you enjoy it so i guess first just introduce yourself and tell us about your singing your acting and everything else you do my name is maya i came from japan um I was born in an artistic family. My father is an artist. He paints oil paintings and he does sculpture. My mother is um, a designer also, but she does a flower arrangement for parties. So they both have their own businesses. Um, and I went to art high school and after high school, I just came here to New York and study um acting and singing and when you moved here from japan did you find there were any similarities between living here and living there in new york particularly it's very similar to japan um in terms uh, in terms of lifestyle um tokyo is very busy and superficial very commercial and uh lots of opportunities and it just, if let's say if you're visiting Tokyo, um, from New, if you're from New York, um, I don't know if you find anything like so different from New York. So how does uh like music, the music and art scene, and I guess any sort of I guess creative scene in uh, Tokyo and New York, how do they compare to each other? It's really strange, but um, it, jazz is not so big in the U.S., but you know how um, there are lots of opportunities for jazz artists in New York, right? In, in New York particularly, and compared to other states. It's kind of like the same thing like in Japan. Like it, Jazz is not so big in an entire Japan, but in Tokyo... You can find uh, a lot of opportunities to go up and sing. Oh, there's a lot of open mics and everything. Is that? Yeah, yeah, and there are lots of bands and um, the bars, like jazz bars. It's pretty popular in Tokyo. I feel like so many young people start listening to jazz now in both uh, uh, New York and Tokyo. I don't know if that's true for other states, but. Well, yeah, and there's a lot of music that's still yeah. jazz influenced now too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, what's so? What's like mainly popular in Japan? 
uh, as far as you know, music. My parents had a strange policy that their children shouldn't grow up in pop culture. So my sister and I, I have one sister, uh, we didn't grow up watching TV so much. Um, uh, we didn't listen to pop music so much. Uh, all day, all day long, they allow us to listen to classical. So we mainly grew up listening to classical music or classical um, movies. So I watched lots of black and white movies from 40s and 50s. And they didn't particularly like jazz, but I started liking it when I was in junior high. And I started singing and auditioning in Tokyo. Uh, that's how I started jazz singing. And how did you get into the older music? I'm, I started with uh, the musicals. I started watching uh, Gene Kelly, Frank Sinatra, Judy Garland, and I thought that it was wonderful. So I started it and then started training myself for musical singing. And then I slowly moved uh, move into jazz improvisation. I didn't do much improvisation, but I did... Um, learning um, Diane Washington, Louis Armstrong, uh, Ella Fitzgerald type of music, and start, you know, learning, self-learning about the styles and singing. And I imagine learning it would be a bit of a challenge at first. It is very challenging because, um, like, most of the records that I found in my father's closet they didn't have lyrics attached to the records. So I didn't speak English back then, but I started to um, started to mimic the, the sound, like how they produce. I did not understand what they were singing about because I, I had no idea. I didn't speak English, but I, this is how I started. Like I started mimicking uh, their the words, how they produce and sing. Does that does that make sense? Yeah. So you sort of, I guess, learn English a bit through just listening. Yeah. To the. Yeah. And did that make it easier when you first came here too, because you already had a, were a bit familiar with the culture and everything, I guess? Or. I think jazz helped me. Yeah, the tremendously because I I met probably about ten. Japanese kids in college. I started after I graduated from school. I came here and then I took some classes in college, and I met ten about ten ESL students um, from Japan. I felt like I had more advantage uh, listening and speaking English compared to other kids. I think because the singing helped. And what's going on with jazz in New York these days? It's amazing living in New York because especially you you get to meet lots of inspirational and legendary jazz people in New York. There's an amazing uh, workshop class um, in New York. It's on 54th Street on 7th Avenue. It's called Barry Harris uh, Improvisation Workshop. Um, this man, he is 86 year old legendary jazz pianist. He teaches, um, jazz improvisation to people. It's amazing. He's very old, but he started 
he okay so first he starts with piano class it's every tuesday starting at 6 p.m till 7 30 it's piano class he teaches and then 7 30 to 10 it's vocal class and then 10 to midnight it's an instrument uh, instrumental classes so he teaches basically six hours six to midnight every tuesday you see like you I get to meet lots of people like that in New York, and it's really inspirational. And it's, I guess, I, I, I get to, you get to learn a lot of things in New York. It's a very special place. It's sort of a melting pot. Like there's a bit of everything in New York. Yeah, you get to meet lots of interesting people, and in, in people with uh, lots of different backgrounds, and it's every day you find something like interesting. Just by walking around, I love New York. And the drawing you do, how would you describe that? Is it, um, do you draw like a lot of the old actresses and stuff like that? No, actually, it's a, it's all imaginary, but I, I do a fashion illustration using watercolor, and I sometimes sell my um, uh, paintings to cosmetic company and, and like, fashion companies. It's it's just a, uh, um, I think they call it a fashion illustration, but I don't know the, the specific term. Just simple black and white watercolor illustration, mainly like faces. And did your interest in uh, art develop around the same time your interest in music did, or? It's so funny because I feel like I have many different uh, favorite era, and two of them are 1890 and 1940s. It's so strange because every time I see something that I like, for example, Impressionist, I have I started to develop emotional connection with the paintings or music, for example, Debussy or Eric Satie or Chopin. Uh, they are from, uh, Chopin probably not, but uh, Debussy, Eric Satie, they're from 1890s, around that era. And all the jazz, movies, uh, fashion illustration that I like is from between 1930s and 50s or 60s. So I guess I like many things in in the similar era. <laughs> so wait, how did you get into uh, the graphic design? Did you go to school for it all? Because I, I remember no, you said I didn't. you just start doing I some didn't work go on to your school. own. Yeah, I start learning my self uh, uh, self learning uh, Illustrator, Adobe Illustrator, Photoshop, uh, InDesign. I do a little bit of After Effect and then Final Cut Pro. I created two-minute short film do, uh, using Final Cut Pro for my friend, and uh, I start learning because like uh, I just got a small project from this cosmetic brand that um, I draw a face chart. Face chart is like a blank, black and white girl face that. Um, that you, you know, draw and then that's mostly used by makeup artists to create their own look using cosmetic, you know, color cosmetics. Um, you may have seen it in Sephora or it's like a um, black and white girl face um, illustration. 
So I, I start doing that and that every time they ask me to edit something in the face, for example, could you make your left eye a little bit more lifted or could you make your like lip of this girl drawing bigger? Like it, if you only did it by hand, it takes forever to edit. You see? Yeah. So I start using Photoshop. So I trans first I transformed my drawing into digital form and I start editing however my client asked me to do by using by Photoshop. That's how I started learning Photoshop. I mainly just use Google and YouTube and then just kind of, you know, learn by myself without going to any schools and that led me to another job doing retouching for like photo shooting campaign. And I start doing retouching for uh, magazines, um, fashion companies and photographers. So I start um, in earning money from doing illustration, photo uh, Photoshop, retouching and graphic design. Graphic design started a little bit differently. Um, uh, this company, they needed a, a website. And they told me that, well, since I use retouching, can you design some logos? Can you des design some um, website, like some banners? And I started doing it for, for them. And then that also picked up by other company, and I started um, doing little designs for marketing collateral, for example, like catalog, um, banners, and website and logo I start doing that like random graphic designs so I do um, graphic design retouching and illustration on the side and the acting was the came later right that came after the singing yeah, and everything else af yeah later so after the how did you get started with acting well, actually, I wasn't serious about acting when I just started it was when did I start um, well, let me rephrase. When I was little, I did a little commercials and acting in Japan. That's something that I enjoyed, and I I always thought that I wanted to keep doing when I grew up. But then, when I came here in the U.S., I did not think of acting as a first um option for me to learn the first option was singing so i start singing in in new york and then somehow i struggled with singing like i remember one day i was listening to my song i was listening to my recordings and i felt it's like blank like no emotions no feelings like i realized that i can't express my feeling well enough and then I start thinking acting and I by the time that I start thinking about acting I completely forget about like how I used to feel when I was little like when I was little I, I used to love acting I used to um, create the short films with my friends I did commercials um, I did plays I think I was in at least seven or eight 
little play, community plays when I was little and musicals. And I completely forgot about that. And then I decided to start acting again when I came to New York. And I went to the acting school that you go you go to. Yeah, the Barrow Group. And I named yeah. it Barrow Group, yeah. And when I just started um, two semesters ago, I wasn't that serious. I It was for me to learn about like how to express my feelings and stuff. And then after I started, you know, some actors they they have some some they have some kind of idea about acting, and then they take acting class, and then they get disappointed, like, oh, this is not how I imagined to be, or you know what I'm talking about? Like many actors, uh, uh, wannabe actors, they take acting class and they get disappointed. Because it's not what it's they not think it is? Or... Yeah. yeah. It's not what they think it is. It's not very glamorous. It's really tedious. It's lots of work. Um, you know? Yeah. And I felt opposite of that. Like, I... Like, I didn't expect acting to be so tedious. And it requires... I mean, I really like that acting, the process of learning acting requires me, like, to do more, you know, a lot of, you. it requires your, a lot of focus, you need to work really hard, you really have to put yourself in it, and it's really tedious, like, it's a lot of work. You know, in the process of learning acting, yeah, I really love that. I didn't expect that to be like so hard. I mean, hard. I mean, that requires you. It uh, requires a lot of work. Yeah, and some to... people get disappointed about like, oh, it's a lot of work. <laughs> I don't like that. And I actually like it more because it required a lot of work, and it's more like um, satisfactory. Like when you put yourself in it. Yeah, and also, like, I enjoy so much about other people, like, learning and then growing and be in make improvements and be, you know, I don't know how to say it, but, like, in the someone first else, class, I guess, or putting yourself in someone else's shoes, maybe? Or, and actually... Yeah, and they, they get better at it. At the end, like when you see your classmates acting in the first class and then you grow together with other classmates. And at the end of the class, at 10th tenth, tenth class, you see improvements in everybody. Well, not everybody, but some people you see a huge jump or huge improvement. And that's to me like encouraging the more work you put in, you get to learn more and then you get to be improved. And I guess it's a process that never ends. You're always learning. Yeah, never ends. And I really love that. Like, you, there's no limit. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I guess does the business or anything 
differ from here in Japan? Like, uh, do they have their own union there? I don't know if you're part of Equity or SAG or anything like that. Or I never heard of that in Japan. I don't think we have it. Because, you know, like in the U.S., there are lots of strikes, uh, strikes um, actors' strikes and workers' strikes. And we don't have many of that in Japan. That's why I, I feel like they never created unions. Oh, never, uh, people don't... Because they don't complain. Yeah, people don't complain, even if they don't get paid enough. Like, they don't, like, as a general, culturally, they don't complain much. Oh, so it's it, not... It's just it's a cultural... It's not to, really yeah. good. Yeah, it's not... I don't think it is, like, necessarily a good thing that they don't protest about, you know, unfairness. They should talk about it. They should stand up for it. You know, if you're unfairly paid really low uh, salary for what you really, you know, work really hard and they don't protest about it in Japan, I think they should. They should, you know, unite all actors who work really hard and they don't get paid. Um, They should stand up for it. But I guess they don't do that. So that's the reason they don't have unions. Is it the people, I guess, kind of just accept what is, or is it just like I think they so. go they go along with things because it's just not in them to, you know, that that's the way things are. I guess that's mm-hmm. that's the, just the culture. I guess like even if they don't like what's happening, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah it is like part of it. Um, humbleness. People are sometimes it's good to be humble. But people are sometimes being too humble in Japan. Like, if you're really proud of what you're doing, if you're really, like, confident that you put so much hours in a work effort to your job, to work, you should claim your, you know, hard work. But people don't have that mentality. Like, they're too humble. Like, they just be grateful for even the small amount of money that they make. And also, many people don't make a lot of money. Like, like Japan is a country where, like, people have lots of um, uh, savings. Even though the economy is not so bad, and people just save money because they have like worries they don't it's very different mentality compared to american people and and japanese so there's less like even if you make a lot of money there people don't i guess spend on a lot of things yeah they they don't like to show off their wealth i guess yeah maybe not yeah Yeah. and i think they constantly worry about future and that's not good for the economy because People are not spending any money, so the money doesn't circulate. So it just stays in the bank account. You know, it doesn't circulate. And was uh, what you were saying earlier about, you know, you just enjoy whatever the job is that you're doing, is that in the culture there a bit too, like just kind of enjoying your work? Because I know like people here usually don't enjoy their work or what they're doing. Like usually it's like, oh, I got to go to this. I-, I was just wondering if that was... 
a cultural thing too. I don't know. For, you mean impatience? Yeah, yeah, like it, maybe yeah, people are more patient. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Japanese people are more patient. Like, even if the job that they have is not 100% satisfactory or that's not something that they 100% they want to do, they stick to it. I don't know if it's necessarily a good thing, but they have more um, discipline and uh, patience. It, it, everything has pros and cons. Pro would be you will you will be more um, what's the word? It's like a appreciative. Sense, yeah, appreciative. Yeah. Yeah. And and then cons would be they don't realize what they really want to do. And here in the U.S., I feel like people live more intuitively. If they don't like it, they quit. And they just try to find what makes them happy. Pro would be like, you know, being intuitive. Con would be you may end up changing your career so many times and then you may not get to the place that you want to go because you don't focus on, on your career. So I mean, like, what were you gonna say? You know, everything takes everything takes time. For example, like my mom told me that acting, at least at least it would require eight to ten years to be somebody or to be able to earn enough money for you for yourself to live in any industry. Like. If you decide to study acting, you gotta really give yourself time and, you know, it will at least take eight to ten years. I don't know if it's true, but I think, like, if you keep changing your career, you will quit before anything could happen. And is there, do people choose, I guess, their careers less in Japan? Is it more determined when you're younger? Is there, is there more of a people decide what career path they want to take here or I don't know. Yeah, it's really bad in Japan. It's based on income. Like kids, they tend to make decisions based on like how much money they make. It's really sad. I don't know if that's true here. If, if that's the same thing happening in, in us or. Yeah, I think there is a bit of that. I, I mean, I think it depends on the person. I think there's people who just want to make, you know, loads and loads of money no matter what it is they're doing. And then there's some people that they have something they're really passionate about. There's probably more, I guess maybe there's, I mean, I haven't traveled elsewhere in the world, but maybe that is more of a thing here, pursuing your passion. And maybe yeah, there's, maybe there's more like opportunities it. to do that here. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And in Japan, it's, it's so sad that people just, you know, majority of kids, like they choose their profession out of stability and income, and it shouldn't be like that. Especially when they have like resources. Like Japan is not a third world country, and they have enough money to pursue their dreams or passion, but they don't do that because because they are scared or because they are worried. Like worry cannot be the driven force for anyone. 
that's you you I don't think you enjoy your life if you drive your life out of your fear or worry. But that's what I, I like about like US like many kids they're very positive, they are very happy and they they don't worry too much when they make decision or when they choose their profession. Yeah. I mean I guess it depends I really on like about it. Yeah, I guess it depends on their parents. Yeah, where they come from. Yeah. But, it's, but yeah. you're saying in Japan it's more everybody's like that. It's not just certain parents want their Yeah, like their even if certain... they're yeah. Exactly. Even if they have like great resources. They don't think about their passion or dreams. The kids you know, they just choose profession because their parents told them to do so. Or you know, or like they they think that it would be less if they go into certain profession, they don't have to worry too much about, I guess, like life. Yeah. Well, I guess, I guess sometimes it could take a while to find your passion, or maybe sometimes people, and maybe sometimes people don't always have like know what that yeah. is right away yeah it's it's not easy yeah but you, you're uh so you're studying business so i guess that's more of a or is that's what you said right business is that it or yeah i wanted to study but i'm still looking for what to study is that is i don't that, know so is that uh are you looking for more of a backup i guess and you you want to make it in the arts uh what would be like your yeah goal? because I start um, making money from uh, design and illustration. So, I mean, let's let's see what happens because I don't know, like, if I need um, business background or. Well, let's see. If I do, then I do. And if I don't need it, then I don't need that. Yeah. So, like, what what would be I guess your ultimate uh, dream, I guess, would it be like a, being a working actress or would it be more what you're doing with your art or what would it be? Yeah, I'm so bad at think about future. Like ever since I was small, I, I was little, I was so bad at it. And I guess I just do my best for anything that comes to my way. If I get a job in illustration and design, I do my best. And if I get a job in acting, and if I if I get a job in singing, I just do my best, and then see what they take me to. So it's more just. So a... I guess I don't have any plan <laughs> to to summarize. <laughs> so, so you're more just enjoying the moment, I guess. Yeah, I guess I'm living in my moment. And I used to be like so worried about everything, and then I I realized that it's pointless. So I'm training myself to not to not worry so much. And I mean, you have only one life, and you should be able to enjoy that whatever you do without worrying, like. You know, you never know what's gonna happen. It's good to uh, 
I guess live as if you're going to die tomorrow, but dream as if you're going to live forever. It's more like this. I don't know if people find it negative, but I always ask this question when I make decision, any decision. So I ask myself, will I regret if I don't do it? Or will I regret if I don't, if I do it? You know, like in, in the near, I mean, it's really close near future. If I don't do this right now, would I be regret, regretful tomorrow? Then I'll do it. And would I, will I be, will I regret if I do it right now? Then I don't do it. You know, like I, I always ask myself, like if I, like, I guess, like regret is, is my fear. That you do something and, you'd regret? Yeah, I just, yeah. based on the regrets, I just make decision. I guess uh, as far as trying things, there wouldn't be that many things. I guess there'd be more things you'd regret not trying. Yeah. 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 So just do anything and everything I want to do. Otherwise, just think about it. Like, a year from now, if you don't, work hard right now on whatever you want to do, acting, singing. A year from now, you will be regretting right now that, you know, oh, I should have done it. I should have worked harder. You don't want to think that. I don't want to think, think that. I don't, I don't want to be in a situation where I, oh, I should have done it. I should have worked harder. I should have, you know, so many should have. I don't, want to live live with should have yeah I, I should do it now you know if you put your effort 100% to something that you want to do then you won't have regrets in the future even if you're failing it oh well I put 100% of my effort in this so even if I you know I'm failing it right now but I don't have any regrets I did my best yeah you never have to say yeah. what if I guess or yeah. yeah. Exactly. I, you don't have to ask that kind of question to, to yourself in the future. Would you say performing live, whether it's music or acting, is one of the things you enjoy the most? I guess that connection with the audience and everything? or Actually, it's so funny. Some people enjoy the connection between audience and, um, and your acting like form of art. But when I perform... I completely forget about like audience. Even like when I sing and I get applause, that, that doesn't mean anything to me. I don't know how to explain it. Like you're doing it more just for yourself, it, or I guess. Hmm. I guess. Like, I mean, it's if somebody find it amusing, that's amazing. You know. If they somebody find inspirational or somebody find it amusing from my singing or acting, and that's great. But even if somebody came up to me and said, "Oh, you you had a wonderful performance," or "You have amazing voice," I it doesn't mean so much to me. And I also like. 
I, I guess I never satisfy with whatever I do. Like, I always be like very critical. And I listen to my singing. Like, I always record my singing and performance. And I look at myself and I always see, oh, I could have done better. Or, oh, this part, I should have done this way. So next time I'll do this way. Or, you know, always, I, I never be 100% satisfied with anything. So when people come, come up and say, tell me, uh, you were wonderful. It doesn't, it doesn't get me. I, I can't take it seriously. I say thank you, but it doesn't, you know, doesn't mean anything to me. It's like you always feel you could be better, and is that is that part of what you enjoy too? Just constantly improving. I think or? so. Like constantly, like like something that you can put your energy and imagination into, and that's really joyful. And in the process of making it better each time, it's really satisfactory more than, I don't know, the connection between audience and me. Maybe not. I, I, don't, I don't know. I never thought of it before, like connection. Because they have, like audience, they have their own opinion about anybody's performance. You can't really know what's going on in their head. Yeah, like. because 20, I mean 90% of the people may like it and 10% would hate it you know or 90% of people will hate it and only 10% of the people they really love the show but you know it's their own world or own opinion that I have nothing to do with I can't change anybody's mind or opinion it's their perception it's their own they own their own opinions and feelings and there's nothing to do with, you know, what I do. And uh, I guess, do you have any advice for maybe anybody else who might be interested in some of the other things you're interested in? Or... Um, yeah, actually, criticism. Like, what, I, what helped me in this was that because I don't take applaud or positive comments seriously, I also don't take neg negative comments seriously. And some people will tell me, oh, you're regular. Or your work is not extraordinary. It's like anybody can do it. It may be true, you know, but I don't take that also seriously or I don't take it personally. So kinda... and it doesn't affect me. Yeah. Yeah. Because the point is, as long as you improve yourself, improve your work, you're making a point. You may be not ready yet, but you will be ready soon. I mean, ready as much. I mean, as you put your effort and time on something, on, on, on work that you want to do, eventually, you'll be ready or you will do a better job. You know, everybody, we're, we are growing, growing up and improving every day. 
So negative or positive comment shouldn't be affecting you because you're in a process of getting better. Hmm. And then you can decide whether it's constructive criticism or whether it's just, you know, maybe something that you don't you need improve, to listen to, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Some criticism, some critiques are helpful. You know, if they're neutral and if they're thoughtful, they will tell you, oh, in this part, you can do this way. You know, there are like thoughtful people, thoughtful teachers, they'll tell you, oh, maybe you you can do this this way. And that would help. And you can take it as like a hint of improvement. But you don't have to take any emotional comment effect. For example, emotional is like, oh, that was great. I love it. Or, oh, I hated it. Like, you suck. Or it's something driven by emotion. Like, you don't have to take that. I feel like it's it's not going to help you improving. Yeah. And I guess if it's something real, it's not anything you have to defend, I guess is what you're saying. Like. Because you, you're saying if it comes from emotion, you, sh- you shouldn't worry about whether somebody doesn't get it or whatever. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, maybe, maybe because I take everything logical. Like, I don't take any emotional thing, other people's emotion into, like, like consideration for improvement. For my improvement. So it's a, it's a chance to grow, I guess. Any kind of criticism. Uh, yeah. yeah, if it's like helpful criticism, I would, you know, take it in, into my consideration and I'll use it and, you know, use it to make, make my performance better. But, you know, I, I guess, you know, you know what's helpful and what's not helpful. And if you decide whatever the comments that is not helpful, you can just ignore that disregard. How did you start acting? How did Sorry. I start? Uh, I yeah. started with uh, when I was a kid. Uh, it was, I guess it was sort of similar to what you were saying. Like I started as a kid with uh, acting classes and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I always had, and like when I was a kid and in some ways still, I guess to a lesser degree have, a bit like a over, I guess overactive imagination or like a large imagination, and I kind of mm. always had a talent for I guess not not only creating different characters but also seeing different people and sort of getting into their shoes, and I guess that's what drew me to it. And then I, I kind of also went away for from went away from it for a while, and I got more into like I was playing in a band with some other people, and then mm-hmm. and then uh, I studied film and filmmaking and then mm-hmm. yeah then later on in life i i kind of went back to uh having an interest in acting and everything i guess i guess that's uh the interesting thing about that i guess is uh maybe what you really enjoy is sort of set when you're like a really little kid and whatever it is you really enjoy when you're a really little kid is what you're going to really enjoy later in life and maybe you forget it like it is certain part like as you're starting to grow older and everything, but I think when you find, uh, I guess the things you really enjoy and the things you want to do, it it's uh, usually relates to what you enjoyed when you were a kid. I think. Yeah, maybe sense. or 
in some way, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Like, kids, they're very intuitive. They know what they really want to do. And as we grow out old, you, we kind of forget that. Uh, or, like, we forget to live intuitively. And if we go back how we were, like, as a kid, we get to be more intuitive. And then we know what we really want to do. Not necessarily exactly that we wanted to do in, in when we were little, but it has a hint in life, like like how to live. Yeah. How to like be not, intuitive. Not, yeah, like not the exact same thing, but maybe sort of um, related to that in a way. I guess yeah. like as a kid, you're you're as a kid, you're more play acting at what you want to be <laughs> later mm-hmm. on, like when you're playing with. Yeah. When, when, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I used to do like little like fake shows too, and say like this is the Sean show when I was a kid. Uh, and had like had like my action figures as the guests, and now I'm doing a show now. So mm-hmm. like this, yeah. Or... Visualization works. Yeah. And with the and with, the, <laughs> and with like the film stuff, I used to run around with like a little uh, Tyco video camera, which was like a a camera that uh, kids had. Mm-hmm. That was like a camera for like kids, like back in the day. And used to like oh, wow. make little movies with my action figures and everything. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, it's fun. Yeah. So, so do you um, sing too? A what? Do you sing too? I mean, I can sing. Sing. I've never really like pursued it a lot. Mm. But uh, yeah, I guess I, I guess I kind of like. Uh, I mean, I if I if I were to do, uh, I mean, I haven't. I, if I were to do like a band now, it'd probably be more just like playing bass or something like that. But yeah, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. But you, that's sing, what I you guess... want to. The acting is what you want to do, correct? Yeah. Mm. And uh, like I, I, I really enjoy that. And um, as far as you know, maybe like I guess regular job career-wise, maybe something more similar to kind of what I'm doing with this show, like sort of producing, ah, okay. like interviewing, you mm-hmm. know, host. I kind of like that. TV host. Yeah. Or like, mm. um, radio. I mean, I, I'm, ex- I'm exploring different avenues, I guess, cause, uh, I, my, my degree was communications. Uh, so I took classes in like all areas of media. Uh, I started off looking more for like working uh, film-related jobs, but since, like, the economy's tough, I've kind of opened up my mind a bit, and I've been looking into other options as well, as long as it's something that's... My goal, I guess, is just to find something where I can use uh, my talents and do the things I enjoy and, mm-hmm. I guess, make a good living doing that, okay. if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I really, like, I always admire people who follow their um, gut. Um, it's very, it's not easy because there are so many easier ways to live. Like being an accountant is easy. It's, it may be boring, but it, you know, you don't have to worry about income. You don't have to worry about like losing jobs. You always get a job somewhere. But, you know, being, being an artist, any kinds of art form, it's hard to make a living. But then, you know, I really admire people who commit to it. You know, and also people who are not afraid of taking the path. You know, I really have a big admiration. It's scary. 
And I, I really um, respect that. And I feel like more and more you focus on what you want to do. You meet people who, um, who you know, who does it better. Or I have a friend. She's jazz singer. She's penniless. And she has three or four different jobs, and she's usually she's always like singing, go to job until two or three o'clock in the morning, and she lives really far away because everything closer to the city is expensive. So she commute one hour and a half away from the city, or even two hours, and work really late with Ellie. I mean, she's. She's here with a student visa, so she works Ill- illegally. Like I don't know, eight nine dollars per hour, and then she still goes to school, do performing. It's just inspirational to meet people like that. And then when you pursue what you really want to do, or when you follow your dreams or follow your passion, you start meeting people like that. And I feel like it's blessing. Yeah. Yeah. And I get, and then it, I guess it can, it can pay off. It can be rewarding. I like think if so. You, if you stick to yeah. it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so. I really believe it. And it doesn't mean that you'll be successful eventually in whatever you're aiming for, but you get somehow you will. Get somewhere. Yeah, it might not be where you. It might not be where you plan to get, but it'll be like somewhere with what you want to do. Somewhere, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't hurt to be, I guess, flexible too. Like open to yeah, Mm -hmm. open-minded. Yeah, like know what you're talented and know what you can do, but uh, Mm -hmm. be open to different doors that will open. Yeah, do everything and anything you can do, and. Be, I mean, do the best you can do, and then see what happens. It's really exciting. Yeah. 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 So if you want to look more into Ava Suzuki and what she does, you can find her on Instagram, Ava Suzuki. And if you want to keep updated with future episodes of BSing with Sean K, go to BSing with Sean K. Blogspot. Com. There's a link where you can subscribe to my blog and also a link to my Twitter, my Facebook, and everything else, my YouTube channel, too. And, yeah, thank you for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode.